Welcome to the Nerd Review. This is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, books, and comic books. Today you are listening to Season 2, Episode 18, and we are talking about one of my all-time favorite childhood TV series, Big Wolf on Canvas. From 1999 to 2001, this was an amazing, supernatural high school sitcom. So let's jump into all of that now. Big Wolf on Campus is the quirky show that I have so many memories of from all of those afternoons and weekends during the glorious early 2000s. As a young nerd, I was super impressionable, and it was like stumbling upon a hidden treasure chest full of supernatural escapades, quirky humor, and the struggle to fit in. The moment the show's theme song blared through the TV speakers, I was transported to the fictional town of Pleasantville, where the world of high school and werewolves collided in the most unexpected and exciting ways. Embracing its campiness and delivering monster of the week scenarios with a wink and an odd each episode was a treasure trove of references to classic horror films and pop culture making it a delight for fans with an eye for detail from werewolves to vampires zombies to witches the show introduced me to a myriad of supernatural creatures that fueled my imagination I'm currently re-watching the series after digging it out of our old home VHS tapes and converting them all to digital, which was a process of it in itself, and just oh so much fun actually. One of the funniest things was how much joy the commercials brought me. We actively avoid ads and install ad blockers on all of our browsers. I lament when I load a YouTube video on my phone and I see one of two ads start, and I just want to share a video with someone, yet there is something about the power of nostalgia and this yearning that grows with time at least for me as i've gotten older this yearning to return for you know quote a simpler time this is a real goddamn thing that happens and i don't know how to explain this phenomenon but it is real and marketing teams 100 understand the psychology of what goes into making a 20 or 30 second commercial that will be remembered for decades i can demonstrate this actually by simply saying What's up? And everyone knows this reference. Though many people might think of Scary Movie, which rightfully so, they popularized this catchphrase a little bit more than the original commercial actually did. Yes, that's right. This is actually from an old Budweiser commercial from 1999, the same year that Big Wolf on Campus would hit air. So it's amazing to think of that most people know this commercial. They know what What's up is. They know, they remember Ghostface saying it in Scary movie but they probably don't remember the name tommy dawkins or even big wolf on campus more than uh that's that stupid show about the werewolf so i always find that interesting and it's amazing how you know which all that is to say it's amazing that like while we avoid ads today there's something about these old ads and these commercials that were so interesting and like all that to say while i was digitizing all these old home vhs tapes the old ytv and teletoon commercials made me laugh more than some of the shows did and funnily enough i remember more of the commercials than i do of the episodes of the shows i was recording and one of which was big wolf on campus as it aired on ytv up here in canada a 
And of course, I remember more than just the commercials. Now, what I remember the most of this series was the intro uh, that uh, I used to own this town. Now it's all turned upside down. I uh, apologize for anybody who has to hear me sing that, but you asked for it. You didn't ask for it. Like you asked for it, I guess, by playing this podcast. And now I'm singing and telling you, you asked for it. Um, I'm not even going to go back and listen to that because if I do, I will delete this clip from the episode, but I'm determined to leave it in and reduce my editing so um i remember that that intro it is absolutely amazing maybe i'll splice it in here after so that you can you can cleanse your ears from having to hear me sing it And I remember how cool the characters were, Tommy and Merton. Uh, Merton was in my seven-year-old brain, uh, which is amusing as I rewatch this series and I realize like he was, he was the coolest character in my seven-year-old brain. That was what I was, that was what I was getting at. And um, it was, it's in rewatching that I realized that he is not very popular at the time. And I am super glad that I was able to like Merton. Uh, and and express my nerdy self through school, which is which is something that like I look back on, and it, the only reason I'm able to do that was because of characters like him, and and because I thought that he was cool at the time, um, but I didn't even realize that in the show that I was watching where that he was in, he wasn't even considered cool in the show. He becomes cool because of his friendship with Tommy, but his friendship with Tommy is only because of the whole werewolf thing and that he knows supernatural stuff. So it's really funny, this circle of like, like I think he's cool because I don't understand the like the jokes and, and like the show was a bit, you know, for teenagers and I was a bit young when I was watching the show. So it's, it's interesting that like my lack of understanding led me to believe that this character character was cool and that if I emulate this character I would then also be cool and then just through happenstance and luckily enough for me that by the time I actually got to high school um, that character would have been considered cool because goth and seeing kids and you know wearing eyeliner and and dressing like that had actually become considered cool and I just I find that very funny and and it's very lucky that superheroes and Star Wars and comic books all be became mainstream cool otherwise I feel like my school years would have been very different and I've mentioned this before there were still traditional bullies when I was in school but they weren't picking on kids uh, they weren't picking on you know other kids because they you know had action figures or because they were nerds because the bullies had action figures they were essentially just large nerds themselves yet they still found ways to bully uh, you didn't have uh, you know as cool as an action figure Figure or as new an action figure or they'd break your action figure your toy etc and then tease you for getting upset it was all very lame behavior but looking back and when I watch movies it's always depicting bullies as jocks or the cool kids versus the nerds and geeks but in my day it was just nerds versus nerds which is a random tangent but it goes into this not understanding like the media that I was watching or that I was consuming and I had my own interpretation and understanding 
understanding of it and it always put like Merton above everybody else and people were you know they were they I didn't even I don't even remember episodes where they were picking on him but it's, it's actually very evident and, and prominent in the show that you know Tommy has to protect Merton from people that want to pick on him or make fun of him and I, I, I don't even remember it I didn't even pick up on it and it's just it's amusing that like it, it all kind of came back around like I was saying and it's in in the show it's the stereotypical depiction of bullying it's the jocks the army nerds the the bigger kids and and they're picking on merton because he dresses differently and he likes all these weird things and he's smaller and he acts different um but it was those same kids could have been like Merton in my high school could have been a bully if he wanted to be it was like I guess being a bully was much more open uh, when I was in school you were more free to be who you wanted to be so even if you were a nerd you could also be a bully so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it was just a thing and I find it interesting that we, I have never really seen a depiction of that um, the closest thing I've ever actually seen is from an episode of Modern Family where one of the gay teenagers was bullying people and he was using his like gay sass as like, you know, he was using that to sass people and, and, and be very, you know, demeaning and hurtful. And it was very funny. They were saying like, how could you be gay and a bully? Um, which is, it's just, it's just a weird, it's just a weird topic about bullying. And, and I find the depiction of it in these old shows was so prominent even though they were like for younger audiences and you know you don't want it to be normalizing bullying and obviously there the idea was that like Tommy was there to protect Merton um but it's just I'm, I'm kind of looping around here it was just an interesting thing that I noticed while watching this series and something that came to mind about how we don't see just um you know like the same level playing field or somebody who is within you know like if you're within a fandom or if you're within a gaming group and you all like the same thing but there's still somebody that is going to find somebody else and then belittle them for maybe not being as good or maybe not being as advanced in that same thing that everybody likes and that's that's still a form of bullying so it was it was interesting it was it was very interesting that that factoid that I realized when re-watching this and that my seven-year-old is it in the early 2000s when I was watching this show I was maybe seven eight years old and I was at the end of like coming up to the end of elementary school starting of high school so a lot of the concepts were still over my head and it was very interesting re-watching the show now and realizing how not misinformed but just a different way of perceiving what I was watching and how my brain back then interpreted all of these things uh and it was it was very interesting and merton is definitely a big part of what i remember from this show danny smith was the actor who played uh the thespian i prefer that i prefer the word thespian i'm gonna pull up my my thesaurus now he was hilarious and did such a good job portraying this character and i can definitely say that i've done a great job assimilating some of those character traits into my personality and if i'm 100 percent honest that was done intentionally like i said before i wanted to be like him and i thought that he was cool and like i said as the times changed i was right he was cool just before his time and maybe perhaps it was characters like merton and characters like him at the time that encouraged me to be my nerd self 
myself all the time just to be who I wanted that changed the times. And it's funny because, you know, as I was watching the show and in reruns, uh, like I said, because at the time I watched the show, it was almost over and then it was just reruns. And this concept of the show season on air or, or canceled was just beyond me. I was just watching what was ever t- whatever was on TV when I turned it on and then I watched whatever appealed to me and werewolves and supernatural and witches and all of this was so interesting to me which again makes sense because I grew up just before that I was watching Scooby-Doo I mean I'm still watching Scooby-Doo to be honest uh, and for years and then I started watching live action but I was still looking for those themes so it makes so much sense that a show like Big Wolf on Campus would be one of my childhood favorites so okay let's let's talk about the actual show now that was some high high caffeine fueled tangents there if you will um so i'm almost done the first season which has been amazing i'm re-watching it now um i have it from that vhs tapes i digitalized them all so i have the fuzziness i have those bumpers those commercials it's, it, it all adds to the experience and it, it's been amazing hilarious and all with a healthy dose of cringeworthy dialogue and crude humor that was aimed at those younger audiences so let's talk about the show more now. The show's inception took shape in the late 1990s, a time when teen-oriented programming was booming. Created by Peter A. Knight, uh, Big Wolf on Campus aimed to tap into this trend while infusing it with a fresh twist, the concept of a high school student who becomes a werewolf with a recipe for intrigue. But it was the show's ability to weave supernatural escapades with relatable teenage struggles that really hooked the audiences similar to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but with a werewolf. Now, Brendan Quinn, the, char- the titular character of the Teen Wolf on campus, or the Big Wolf on campus, the charismatic heartthrob who portrayed the affable Tommy Dawkins, was a typical high school jock, a rising football star, except for one small furry detail. He becomes a werewolf, on his senior junior sophomore i don't i don't know how, what what word they use the the show is three seasons uh the, the envy i felt for this character for his character um and this unique predicament i mean who wouldn't want to transform into a powerful creature of the night while navigating the tricky waters of adolescence it sounds like a recipe for about a hundred different teen-oriented TV shows from Buffy the Vampire Slayer through Supernatural and Teen Wolf and like every like Vampire Diaries every freaking series that I've watched lately kind of has this unique predicament of the you know the teenage heartthrob main character uh, who's ridiculously attractive and they you know get thrust into a life of craziness and powers Uh, I mean even Troll Hunter the series on Netflix, I think I mentioned I was watching that recently, um, has this similar arc, you know, a, a regular kid finds a magical amulet and becomes the champion for an entire race of people he didn't know existed, uh, of magical creatures, and it was, it's it's always awesome. Now, Brendan Quinn's portrayal made Tommy incredibly relatable. He was, he wasn't originally, but he kind of becomes the underdog in the sense that because he's a werewolf, he kind of has to step back from the main spotlight. He can't be the big, you know, college, not college, uh, high school football 
Falstar because he has to control his werewolf side, which, funnily enough, is something that has been addressed in multiple iterations of shows like this. Teen Wolf actually did um, the adaptation of the the show, the movie into the show um, with Tyler Posey uh, that was on MTV. They they he played lacrosse, not football, but they had a whole segment on him needing to control his anger and his werewolf abilities while playing while playing um i'm forgetting it wasn't football it was lacrosse while playing lacrosse and in smallville they did a very similar thing and it was actually with football where jonathan kent doesn't want to allow clark kent superman to play football because of his abilities and his abilities giving him an edge and not only would it give him an edge it'd be it became a, a risk for other people and they were worried that somebody would get hurt and I just I find it funny how not funny but interesting and a little bit funny that all of these shows kind of come with the same recipe and the same concepts the same conflicts and the same you know things that these characters have to work through the same um, crucibles if you will or the same tests and the same challenges and one of them is you know they can't be both the superhero and the super popular because it would bring too much scrutiny and also they have these abilities that could hurt other people and it's it's very interesting I, I thought that was very interesting so that kind of creates an underdog or underwolf situation if you will uh, that we all root for uh, he's the guy that you know battles his inner werewolf while you know dang dealing with high dangling while dealing with you know school and evil librarians swamp people vengeful ghosts and mummies and the teenage woes of you know a high school crush uh who is laurie played by rachel lefevre uh um she would actually go on to be in the first two twilight movies and is from montreal which is very cool uh before she was actually in the twilight movies before having her head broken off by robot battinson uh which is currently the fan appointed name for robert pattinson after doing batman he is now robot battinson so just just little tidbits of uh you know if you if you wanted to know that one i think that was from a different podcast that i was listening to actually that made that joke uh and then there's of course danny smith they're the the trio cast you had you had um lori uh was it lori uh i believe i believe her name was lori um there was a lot of characters in the show and i'm only on the first season right now so if it was not lori then i'm mistaking characters and actors right now let me check my notes Stacy. Rachel Lefevre plays Stacy. Lori is a character played by Amy Castle, and she comes in later. So I had two characters mixed up. Uh, I apologize. I, I'm only, like I said, I'm only rewatching currently halfway through season one, and we have Stacy. But if you're reading about the show, they mostly refer to Lori. Uh, I guess they, the characters got swapped at some point. Uh, so in the first season, we have Stacy played by Rachel Lefevre, who would go on to be in those twilight movies with robot battinson uh so uh, like i said uh we then we have of course we have danny smith who brought merton dingle to life tommy's uh, sidekick with an encyclopedia worth of supernatural knowledge the two soon become best friends uh, and like i said merton was my spirit animal a fellow nerd who rocked sci-fi t-shirts capes which i never had the courage or confidence to don myself uh merton was an 
outgoing, outspoken, and confident enough to sport those and other assorted outfits with an affinity for the paranormal. His witty one-liners and endless pop culture references just spoke to my soul. Merton was the voice of reason and comedic relief, a beacon of nerdiness and a sea of high school drama. His friendship with Tommy also showcased the beauty of an unbreakable bond between polar opposites, a jock turned werewolf and a quirky nerd. Together, Tommy and Merton embark on epic quests to thwart supernatural threats and save the town, the high school, and the lives of almost every one of their friends and family members in an episode-to-episode basis. And the beauty of Big Wolf on campus lay not only in its hilarious mishaps and monster battles, but also in its embrace of the low-budget monster movie genre, but for the small screen. And while the modern audience might appreciate high-quality CG and sophisticated makeup, the intentionally low-budget appeal, low-budget effect, uh, and campy werewolf transformations of Big Wolf on campus hold a special place in the hearts of fans like myself. The show's creator seemed to fully embrace the charming lo-fi approach to werewolf effects, the transformation scenes where Tommy would morph from an ordinary high school student into the fearsome werewolf were a highlight of each episode, these effects weren't aiming for realism, instead they embraced the over-the-top theatricality of classic horror films. The, the cheesy werewolf effects in Big Wolf on Campus can be attributed to a mix of practicality, humor, and the homage to B-horror movie traditions. The nostalgic homage, homage, however you want to pronounce that, uh, the show's creators paid to the campy and often endearing effects of classic horror films. Werewolf transformation in, in early horror movies were often achieved through rudimentary techniques and Big Wolf on, Camp, uh, Big Wolf on Campus captured that retro charm. That, that campy aesthetic really worked for the show and thus the transformation sequences fit perfectly with the show's comedic to- uh, tone, tune, tuner tone, whichever one you want to choose. These cheesy effects added this extra layer of entertainment that allowed the show to really revel in its own absurdity and let's not forget the limited budget like many shows of the time big wolf on campus had budget constraints and rather than letting this hinder their vision and the show they were more creative and the creators embraced the challenge resulting in effects that were both imaginative and amusing And in an era before CGI was widespread and advanced as it is today, Big Wolf on Campus made the most of practical effects, prosthetics, and creative camera work to achieve its lighthearted and ultimately campy transformations. While modern viewers might chuckle at the less than realistic transformations, these effects have stood the test of time by becoming just an integral part of the show's identity. Now, the love for classic monster movies doesn't end with the werewolf transformations. Many of the Monster of the Week style episodes feature different incarnations of classic horror movie tropes and genuinely amusing comedic parodies of the most popular monsters in this genre. From the mummy that comes back to life and is a cheesy high school student in a yellow tracksuit trying to use his mystical powers to get a date, or a swamp thing that is actually just a former teacher that wants to get married, uh, to one of my 
my absolute favorite parody episodes, Muffy the Werewolf Slayer. At the end of this episode, they even make a joke about her meeting a TV executive and creating a show for Fox called Muffy the Werewolf Slayer and in the exact same iconic uh, font as Buffy and the leather outfit. It was absolutely hilarious and the various themes really well done parodies were definitely the most fun of all the episodes in the series and one of my very favorite episodes is Merton has his supernatural doctor friend come over from Germany to help them with turning Tommy back into a human he doesn't want to be a werewolf that is one of the themes of the first season trying to reverse his werewolf uh, you know being and so his doctor friend Dr. Von Hugenstein uh, I'm not I don't remember the doctor's name I have it here in my notes somewhere but it's honestly it's one of the jokes of the first season that Tommy is constantly getting the doctor's name wrong and Merton is always like Von Hugenstein you're not Hugenstoff or Hasselhoff is one of I think one of the jokes that Tommy makes and so in this episode the doctor comes and he gives Tommy his treatment and it turns out that the doctor just wanted to extract the werewolf gene and an essence from Tommy so that he could create his own werewolf army to take over the world and without the werewolf uh, being like the werewolf essence being in Tommy uh, he will perish uh, unless they can turn him back into a werewolf and Tommy has to decide to become a werewolf again or perish and i guess given the choice those those two things were uh pretty pretty easy i would i would also choose to be a werewolf instead of dying and some of the the funny things in the show that i want to mention that i always enjoyed the way that it was designed so they live in pleasantville which is the name of the town and i think that's funny and uh so they live in pleasantsville they go to high school in pleasantsville and tommy's dad is the mayor of pleasantsville and his mom is the news anchor and they're constantly they're they're both they both have the last name Dawkins and she's you know she'll be like his mom she will be doing an interview and she's I'm Sally Dawkins Mayor Dawkins and then at the end she'll be like and don't forget to cut the grass and then and then they have like a scene where she realizes like oh we're still filming or, or something something hilarious like that or she she gives a shout out to Tommy on the news and I would just be mortified if if somebody like my mom or, or somebody that I was related to was a news anchor and they were giving me like you know cutesy shout outs on the national television well, maybe not national television but local news affiliate uh, and and I was in high school at the time this would be this would be absolutely mortifying um, and I guess that's why Tommy had to become a high school uh, like football quarterback or something that was his attempt uh, to you know like level the playing field if he's going to be constantly embarrassed on the news all the time he has to be you know equally popular enough to just have that stuff not matter uh, otherwise you just constantly be being, being made fun of again uh, which is I just I just found that funny the way that they the, they set up that and Tommy has a brother who's addicted to TV and just sits in a recliner watching TV and they even did a scene where they're having a, a family monopoly game night and the brother is in his recliner in the other room and watching it on a video camera that the mom set up from her news station so he's watching it 
alive and like rolling like he's rolling his dice in the living room because he's so helplessly addicted to tv and i was just like that's terrible but funny at the same time uh, and so it was just the show was really well done i i really enjoyed it i really enjoy the way that it was put together the cast all those very talented thespians it's very you know late 90s early 2000s um and the technology and the references and the tv sets and the camcorders and even the outfits they're just there's so much nostalgia that i have for that era that it makes it absolutely hilarious and one of the cool things that i really like about this show um, which i realized while watching it and while doing the research for it is that it's filmed in and around montreal and around beaconsfield actually and out in hudson which is just off the island um the exterior scenes of the high school are actually john abbott college which i actually currently live not too far from and attended classes after high school which is really cool i realized this right uh, right away actually the building is very iconic and in the very first episode when they show the school i just paused it and i turned to my girlfriend and i was said that's john abbott and and while big wolf on campus used just the exterior shot for the show the college has actually been used to film um, multiple movies and tv shows most notably would be the movie big uh, bone cop bad cop uh from 2006 uh, if you haven't seen that highly recommend it great film and probably the most known uh would be the tv series blue mountain state uh, all this school and football field is filmed at john abbott uh the frat house the goat house if you've seen the series uh was one of the dorms on campus they even use the surrounding town of saint anne's to film it as well and i think it's i think that's very cool when watching a movie or a show and you know having that leonardo dicaprio pointing meme moment uh that scene from once upon a time in hollywood where he's sitting there and he points at the tv you know while he's holding his glass of you know alcohol or whatever it is in his hand and you know and i'm sitting there doing exactly that sitting on the sofa pointing at the screen going hey that's john abbott you know or oh hey that's a location that i remember and you know even other locations around montreal super iconic yeah even the latest scream movie some of the you know new york city scenes are actually filmed in montreal and if you've lived here your entire life it's it's pretty easy to realize that and i thought that was just really cool it's a really cool little uh, factoid and other uh really cool little factoids we can get into the facts now um the show is really great there's uh, this show is only three seasons and it's not really like a movie so i'm not gonna like it's monster of the week plot uh they had a low budget uh and it was mixed it was it was mixedly received mixedly is that a word it had mixed reviews i guess would be the way to say that so we're just gonna transition here really quickly into the cool facts now so one of the other cool facts which is really cool is brendan quinn um tommy dawkins the main the werewolf on campus he met his wife on the show here in montreal which is really cool she was a series regular extra one of the background people uh, around the factory that was the name of their like their cool hangout which i believe they were 100 riffing on buffy the vampire slayer again because they had uh the bronze or something which was in an old factory and they called this just the factory and it was very similar and they've been together now uh tommy 
Tommy, uh, Brandon Quinn and his wife Rachel have been together now for 20 years almost. They got back, they got together back in 1999 when they were doing the show, which is super cute. I, I love this fact. And they, there's an interview on YouTube where he talks about all about this and how he met his wife, and it's super adorable. I recommend checking it out. You can find it by just searching Brandon Quinn on YouTube. Uh, and he t- the title says, like, how he met his wife. Uh, super interesting interview that I recommend you seeing. Um, so if you're a fan, obviously, if you're a fan of Brandon Quinn, obviously, there's no reason for you to look it up. Now, uh, let's jump into the other interesting facts about Big Wolf on campus so we'll start with what i have written here number one it's a canadian production obviously it was filmed in montreal the show was produced in canada and originally aired on ytv network which is where i have all my home vhs tapes from uh it gained popularity here both in canada and the united states uh there was a title change factnoid number two the show was initially titled big bad wolf but this was changed to big wolf on campus before for the premiere as the new title quote better reflected the blend of high school life and supernatural elements uh so factoid number four pop culture references the show obviously was known for abundance of pop culture references from classic horror movies to contemporary tv shows this factoid is literally what i just talked about between the classic horror movies and the parodies of buffy the vampire slayer so they had the monster of the week format uh one of the cool ones was the werewolf makeup transforming um, Brandon Quinn Tommy into the werewolf actually required extensive makeup and prosthetics which took hours and uh, Brandon Quinn had to endure long sessions to achieve this werewolf look it's very interesting uh, I'm looking forward to it there is a musical episode in season two I haven't gotten there yet that features uh, the title what's Vlood got to do with it <laughs> so uh, apparently it's a unique installment that showcased the cast's talentical, talentical musical talents and added a playful twist on the show's week-to-week format of Monster of the Week. So there was a lot of guest appearances too, which was very fun. Uh, notably, Hayden Christensen would be on the show before going on to be, you know, uh, Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars. Uh, and there's a cult following for the show, definitely. Despite its relatively short run, the show has developed a cult following that can continues to celebrate its unique blend of that horror tropes and old monster movie I, I, it's not really horror it's monster movies let's be honest monster old classic monster movies comedy and teenage drama is what really a culminated here to make big wolf on campus a really good show i mean it did get canceled after three seasons but each season had 22 episodes so we're talking 66 episodes total which is a substantial amount of television being produced and put on the airwaves and uh it was released on dvd only in 2000 and it took uh you know that took a long time to get dvds people it's funny i remember um a time when it was hard to find a series that had aired and you wanted to watch it if you didn't have it on vhs if you hadn't recorded it at home if somebody else hadn't recorded it for you these are the days before tivo or dvr or any of that stuff and 
if they didn't you know dvds hadn't come around i remember i have um the first season of csi on vhs it's like eight vhs tapes there's three or four episodes per tape depending on how long each episode is and there's no way to skip if you want to watch episode two on that tape you have to fast forward through the first episode that's that's how like strenuous not strenuous but annoying comes to mind or like just to watch a show before the invention of dvds menu scene select and all of these things and maybe not before the invention but before the widespread availability of dvds and before the idea that like studios had this idea of like hey people want to watch these shows that have already aired let's give them a way to do that and i i vividly remember when we started getting dvd seasons um one of the first ones was charmed and it was a big purple box set and it had six individual dvd cases and in each you know on each disc it had three or four episodes and it had a scene select and a main menu and an episode select and it was great it was a great time i think that was probably around the same time as i was watching big wolf on campus um i remember when i got that first it was around seven or eight years old so it was around 2001 2002 and so it's crazy to think that this show ended around 2001 2002 but it wouldn't go onto dvd until 2009 so imagine the show had ended and you wanted to watch an episode of it and you you physically couldn't find it you had to either know somebody who had it on vhs or you had to watch it in reruns and hope that they were gonna you know syndicate every episode in order or you had to wait seven years before they put it out for you to uh to watch that's that's incredible the thing nowadays that you can stream stuff on demand you can buy it instantly digitally uh there's so many avenues for you to get you know a piece of media and to think that not even 20 years ago there was like an actual gap and a lack of availability of the programs that you were able to watch on television and it's it's amazing how fast things changed and how quickly we went from one situation to the situation we're in now and i think it's awesome obviously being able to go back and watch all of these shows and i'm i actually really enjoy my vhs copies maybe there's a dvd copy there's a rip somewhere that i could buy or you know get on amazon or i could torrent it because i'm maybe a little internet pirate but we don't mention that very often uh and but honestly i prefer having my own vhs copy rips because it's like what i said at the beginning of the episode i have all of those great uh you know bumpers channel bumpers from ytv i've posted a couple of them on my tiktok actually if you've seen any of those uh, you know what i'm talking about or just those commercials that they have such a power of nostalgia and it's like oh i remember that and you you just feel transported for a moment and i think you would obviously you would lose that effect and you wouldn't have that if you were watching it on dvd or on a streaming platform and this just goes back to what i was saying about it funny how we go from one situation where we have only what's being provided to us and we have ads and we don't like the commercials and we don't like this and now we have a new way of instant and streaming and you can just watch 
fact one episode after the other but the, you kind of miss the ads or at least some of them i don't know it, it's funny and i'm gonna go on a very big tangent here so i think this is where i'm gonna end today's episode this has been the nerd review of big wolf on campus from 1999 to 2002 uh, i hope you like this episode i hope you like the show if you haven't liked the show if you haven't seen the show if you didn't like the show then you probably didn't like this episode but if you haven't seen the show uh maybe i'll lend you a vhs copy or you can look it up on dvd you can probably find it on amazon uh but in the meantime check out the nerdreview.ca you can find me at the nerd underscore review on twitter or on instagram and i hope you liked today's episode i hope you come back for more episodes without further ado this is the nerd signing off